BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, BDSM Culture with Dr. Bob, Health Benefits of BDSM, and Sex with Dawn. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by South Plains Leather Fest International Master Slave Weekend, your leather family reunion. Join us in Dallas, Texas on March 13th through 15th and find out why the leather SM and master slave communities all consider South Plains home. You can find them online at www.southplainsleatherfest.com. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, right? Dan. Hi, Dawn. I had to change it up the way you do it a little know, bit. I know, I know. Sex with Dawn. <laughs> yes, I didn't know if you knew that was on the list today. <laughs> I did not, so um, <laughs> fabulous. And we are also going to be talking about the health benefits of BDSM from our medical professional background, which we don't have, and also a great conversation with uh, Dr. Robert Rubel or Dr. Bob or just Bob. Bob. It's what he actually prefers. Uh, We actually went into, I kept thinking that the topic that he wanted to talk about was community of BDSM. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, the culture. You mean the subculture? No, no, the culture. Right, uh, right. And we, I started off with a question. I questioned his very theory that there's a BDSM culture to start with. Uh, no, it's a bunch of people that get together and, and play on occasion. Who, but that's not a culture. That's not a tribe. Right, right. But, but he explains it very well. So we'll see who won that. Exactly. <laughs> Probably <laughs> exactly, wasn't me exactly. again. So. Oh, my God. So, um, hi, Don. Hi. You know, so, uh, you know what? What? I has a bruise on my buttocks. <laughs> it's not a surprise you have a bruise on your buttocks. I actually have, you've heard of tennis <laughs> elbow? I have flogger elbow. So, and why is that? <laughs> we just spent uh, part of our Saturday, about a six-hour chunk of it, at, there's an event here in town called Sexapalooza, and it's mm-hmm. a traveling event, and it goes to four other um Big cities. Big cities around cities, the nation. Yeah. And it sells adult wares like dildos and vibrators and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Adventures in Sexuality actually runs the dungeon there. Right. Um, this is our, this is a third out of fourth year yes. that AIS is, has done that. So <laughs> so the, the point being, I ended up spending about six hours, well, not all the six hours, but a significant amount of time on the flogging station. And there's a, just this steady stream of people coming up and saying, I want to try this, I want to try mm-hmm. this. And I would flog the crap out of people. And with no break, another person, another person, another right. person. Uh, I am not a big dungeon player to start with. I'm a good flogger, but man, I was tapped by the end of that. <laughs> Well, I relieved you for a little bit. I'm going to say a little bit because I'm not a top, but I did get a chance to top. And uh, the guys kind of liked that. But, um, man, I don't know how you guys keep going with that whole shoulder action and holding on to those grips. My problem was the, uh, the grip on the floggers. They were too big for my little hands. I have the same problems when I deadlift in the gym. Mm. I can't keep my grip <laughs> around the bar. The bar falls out. But um, when you weren't flogging, you were spanking me on the spanking bench. Yes. And the way the spanking bench is set up at the front, the people get to see my face that are just walking through, right? So I, I think I make a good demo model for spanking. I love it. My face shows it. Well, there's four paddles. You go up to them and ask them to choose the four paddles, one of the four paddles. The trick is, they're all mean motherfuckers. <laughs> so whichever one they pick... One looks meaner than the other, and they always tend to go with that one. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling kind of warm this well, morning. Yes, absolutely. And I wanted nice. to make sure that they saw you react. So there right. wasn't any. It's funny because we, while you were doing something else, I grabbed one of the other uh, women that were working mm-hmm. the Adventures in Sexuality dungeon space. And I said, here, let me put you up on the spanking bench so we can demo some spanking. I'll just fake right. it. Um, and I really didn't spank her because I didn't know the person. I right. just, you know, wanted to go through the motions. Um, but when you got up there, I spanked the shit out of you. Yeah, well, it's kind so of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny because people will pick the big paddle, and I guess they wanted to scream out of me. Well, instead, it would be a moan, and yeah. they would lose interest. It's very much, uh, for a short time, I did the electro station uh-huh. where we had a violent wand. And right. same sort of things. I remember somebody asked you why you would... You know, what did you get out of this? So I electro-zapped your inner thighs. Right, right. 
And I got wet, but they didn't understand that at all. But it was really neat when you worked the Violent Wand, right? The Violent Wand's a very uh, weird toy, especially Mm -hmm. for vanilla folk. Um, And eight out of ten people I would zap, and they'd be like, Oh, I don't know why anyone would enjoy this. Or they this. give that scrunched up face of yes. like, oh, oh, ew, ew. Very much the face I get when somebody lecture zaps me. Or when I lecture zap myself yourself. after doing that for a couple of hours and I grab the wrong thing because I'm not paying attention. Um, but every once in a while you get that person who goes, oh, mm-hmm. where do I buy one of these? Right, right. I did not cane your butt though. No, you didn't. And I want to talk about caning for a moment. Because here at the Erotic Awakening Podcast, we have a brand new sponsor. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by K.J. Canes, home of the original designer, glow-in-the-dark, and light-up canes. Matter of fact, the biggest selection of canes on the internet. It's where arts and pleasure come together to suit your unique style of budget. And it's more than just canes. Check out the great selection of hand-poured, low-temp, paraffin and soy wax candles, as well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with a discount code DANANDON15. And you can find them at www.kjcanes.com. So, welcome, KJ Canes, as our new primary, we're paid for your show, podcast, people, folk. If you could see us, we're throwing confetti in the air. Woo! Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, EA listeners, as you know, for the last couple of uh, years we've been doing this, although on occasion, crazy listeners throw money at us, uh, and we always like those listeners, but primarily we don't pitch money uh, requests for, from you guys a whole lot. No, we don't do the NPR and hold yes, you hostage. I love NPR, but I always feel like I'm being held hostage. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so instead, uh, every once in a while, we get a sponsor that pays the bills around here. And again, this is not Dawn and Dana going off for steak dinners and no. buying a new car money. This is exactly what it takes to pay for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hosting fees, our Libsyn fees, and all that jazz. Um, and KJ Keynes is doing that for us. What we would like you to do, listeners, is head over there and buy some goddamn canes or all the other stuff that they have there. Exactly. They're pri- they primarily started off as a cane store, but they started picking up some other stuff. And now they have a great selection of all kinds of stuff. You get getting a 10% discount with Dan and Dawn 15, and you are supporting the podcast. You're going to use this kinky stuff anyway. Go get it from somebody who supports the podcast, and you'll be uh, supporting your but with a nice new cane. Ooh. That segue didn't really work like I wanted that it to. didn't, but that's okay. Don't worry, I... KJ Canes. We've got six months to work this out. <laughs> Again, kjcanes.com, Dan and Dawn 15 is your discount code. Go buy stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, yay. You so, did not yeah. know that uh, Sex at Dawn was on our list here, or Sex with Dawn was on our list here. No, I did not. So my brain's been about packing. I had to pack nice hot clothes for Sex at Palooza, and now i got to... Pack nice hot clothes for winter wickedness. You do indeed. That's uh, this weekend. It is. It With, is. So where's the sex? Oh, never mind. Well, the, 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 well uh, at winter wickedness. Yes. Well, why don't you, why don't you um, tell people a little about it? Tell people about winter wickedness. Well, first of all, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. So um, winter wickedness is coming up this weekend, and I already forget the date of this weekend. Kind of, kind of, yes. The ship sailed on getting your tickets. You're too late. You're too Thanks late. Thanks anyway. Yes. Thanks for playing, because you're going to miss the right. super big secret announcement. That is very true. That just got put together last night. So it is super and super big. And if you're wondering in this announcement, well, what's Barak and Sheba up to now? It's not a Barak and Sheba thing alone. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So nice, nice. But uh, yeah, looking forward to Winter Wickedness. Hotel Takeover, and um, they're doing it again. It's going to be fabulous. So find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org. I know, i got to pack my sexy clothes. It's a... Or not, because they got the whole hotel. <laughs> say, yes. As long as I stay out of that one little hallway that goes into the lobby, man, I can be naked all weekend. So the uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Don, but uh, I do a podcast called Erotic Awakening. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I'm so aware of that. I mentioned the other day that recently you and I went to a, uh, or that I went to a podcast meetup. Yes, and I remember that. I was one of the few, me and the Muppet guy were the only people that were actually <laughs> podcasters. Everybody else wanted to wanted you know, a podcast. I got to write down Muppet guy. I got to listen to that podcast. If you search for the Muppet cast, it is the number one hit. 
The Muppet Cast. Yes. Okay. But I will be actually. Um, I was reached out to by the person that runs that meetup. He wants me to, to uh, lead one of these sessions. Oh. So I'll be leading a session. If you've ever wanted a podcast, I'll be leading a session on how to have a podcast of your very own. Oh, that would be neat. If you happen to be a Columbus, Ohio listener and you want a podcast, but you don't know what you want to do a podcast about, and you like to read, then you should be contacting oh, us yes. because we get so many re- books in the mail from people saying, please you know, review my book, talk to mm-hmm. my authors and all that jazz. And uh, we would love to spin that off on its own podcast. Absolutely. So if you like reading and you want to be a podcaster, contact us at mm-hmm. Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Sounds fabulous. I'd love to hear about some of these books that I don't have time to read just <laughs> oh, yet. So, And literally, we do. We have a box full of books that will keep you busy for a while that's been sent to us by authors and um, promoters. Yeah, so and we do, the, be great. The, we do the, the book review on this podcast sometimes, but mm-hmm. we could easily, every week, be a different book. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, so you should reach out to us or contact us to find get your own question of the day handled. At uh, the comment form on the webpage would be one way to do that. Or our email, which is Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. You can follow us on Twitter as well. That's Dan and Dawn. Or follow us on Facebook like many are doing at Erotic Awakening, all one word. Our question of the day, health benefits of BDSM. So let's start off with this caveat. Dawn, what's your medical background? Uh, zip, Zippo, and Zilch. Well, I have much more <laughs> medical background than you do, and you're actually lying. You have a lot of medical background. It, you from, go to the doctor from... all the time. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Uh, I, my medical background is such that I've uh, managed to, uh, as I've taken to going to the gym more recently, I've learned mm-hmm. new and exciting ways to hurt myself. Yeah, and I've learned yeah, some new. That's about what so, mine is. <laughs> neither Don nor I are medical professionals. Anything you hear during this part of the podcast, you should take with a huge grain of salt, and go uh, to WebMD or, or something, not. <laughs> or talk to a real doctor. Talk, well, that might be that might be an option too. <laughs> so. uh, but we do know. But we have some theoretical, uh, some experiential knowledge we as do. well about the health benefits of BDSM. Right, and we have. Um, what people have told us over the years. So, um, and I do have a little bit of experience, but what we've heard is usually from people with fibro. So um, you used to have a slave that was under your collar that had fibro, and she swore that it had something to do with the the chemical reactions in her body Mm -hmm. that helps relieve the the pain of the fibro. And sometimes um, working around her trigger points, because she had spots on her body Mm -hmm. that if they got touched, they would trigger a fibro flare. Uh But if something happened around those or if the endorphins got running, it relieved that pain. So I don't have fibro. I don't know. But I have heard of that from a few people. From a few people. Yeah, we've absolutely heard that more. It's been more and more. So and like I said, I think it has they said it has something to do with the chemicals. So the endorphins, the adrenaline, but more the endorphins, which are the pleasure chemicals. Yeah, and and absolutely true. We've heard, as I mentioned, we mm-hmm. heard that from more than a few people, and I've also heard from somebody that I know. They have a condition called syncope, which is known as a fainting or passing out sort of thing, a short loss of consciousness. And um, I don't want to. Um, I don't know that this person is particularly tells everybody in the world that they have this, so right, I don't want right. to out them, and I don't want to give them any details. I will say, I'm going to bite your fucking neck shortly, and you're going to squeal and moan. Anyway, <laughs> that might give someone a hint who that right, might be right. if she's listening. I think I just medically uh, treated her. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she explains that the BDSM play helps her syncope in some cool way. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but again, this is another example of somebody saying, yes, this is why BDSM is, has a medical benefit to me. It's, syncope is related to low blood pressure, and I'm not going to pretend I understand the physiological of it, but right, I will say, right. here's someone else who gives us, yes, BDSM helps my medical condition. Nice, nice. Now, you say that on occasion, the BDSM can help you, what about like with just like lethargic or tiredness or that kind of jazz? Can it help with that? Yeah. I think so because it, well, like you said, it's blood flow, it's connection, it's um, kind of 
brings me out of my crap sometimes if I'm feeling kind of low. So, you know, I absolutely think it does that. But I, ha- I think it has to do with the, the building up of the chemicals and, you know, and stuff like that. So makes me feel better. And if I'm depressed makes me feel yeah. better. Our experience um, is absolutely more along the lines of the BDSM as a mm-hmm. mental tonic than a yeah. physical tonic. Although certainly does revigorate me physically, mm-hmm. but from a mental perspective. From a mental perspective, um, usually if I'm depressed or lethargic or anything like that, it means my thoughts are in the past, you know, thinking of uh, uh, things that have happened, thinking of the past baggage or fear of the future or something like that. And for me... Having a scene brings me into the present. I mean, if someone is spanking you, but you're thinking about something completely different, if you're being single-tailed or anything else that's sensation or impact or whatever, and your brain is elsewhere, you're not enjoying what's going on. So I like it because it brings me back to the present. I actually think it's very cathartic for me as well. So, and I, I love those mental benefits and, you know, and sometimes it can be that it's cathartic and I will actually ask for a cathartic scene to where I cry. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want, you know, just, just get it to where I cry and don't stop. Crying's not a safe word. (laughs) And you're always a fan of, as well as a relation. And this moves more from a physical health to Mm -hmm. a relationship technique. But um, when we are not in a good space, you and I, you're a big fan of, well, why don't you just spank me? Right. And it's not because you're angry and you want to punish me, but it is, we are, the style of play that we do, it does connect us to Absolutely. each other when we play. Absolutely. So I think often we may start off in a grumpy mood and we actually play and it mm-hmm. reconnects us on what's important in our relationship. Right, because we don't play. I'm not asking for a spanking like if you're angry or something, you know, because we don't play in anger at all. So, but yeah, absolutely that connection because it is how we play. I mean, just energetically and emotionally, it's hard to play with someone on that intimate of a level if things are wonky. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. All of these, um, (laughs) again, um, this is that I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV thing, right? Right, right. If you head over to uh, our FetLife page, which is called Erotic Awakening on FetLife, we'll put up a uh, link to this show. Uh, so head over there and tell us your experience with oh, absolutely. the health benefits of BDSM. What's it do for you, this kind of play? And um, we actually got some great feedback on the Age of Kink podcast. Mm-hmm. And a little oh, there's a great video on the breath control thread so head over to the thread on this one and tell us what your experience is awesome awesome so guess what what we got some new subscribers to the newsletter i see that and we are all over the fucking world with these guys i know and it's january i actually need to put a newsletter out soon so if you sign up for the newsletter it's not like you are going to be bombarded with them (laughs) so it's usually one letter a month (laughs) so sometimes uh, um maybe two when it gets closer to pxs and btl Mm -hmm. but yeah you're right we are all over the world with this one so for example guitar girl s from texas Richard, a.k.a. Anxious Freak from Wales. Nathan and Devona from Germany. And Tammy from Illinois. Sorry about the snow thing, Tammy. I'm sure you're getting pounded up there. Yeah, more than likely. So I know uh, um, E and A Mm -hmm. were pounded as well up in um, northern Pennsylvania. They had to stop on their way home from Toronto. So I just saw that on Facebook this morning. So, yay. That was my little text alert saying snow is coming our way, but it's a big fat liar. It is. So, so what is um, this? wait, 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 what, wait, what, what is this sex with dogs? Oh yes, I didn't. Oh yes. So uh, recently, <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> and I only bring this up so uh, we are just in the very beginning stages of preparing for Power Exchange Summit, yes. Power Exchange event that you and I run, right? And that'll be at the end of May. May. PowerExchangeSummit.org. Mm-hmm. We will tell you more about that later, but. Um, for the, we were recently reached, reached out to by one of the authors of Sex Aww. at Dawn. Okay. And they said they would like to come out and speak at your this event, your polyamory event. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead and <laughs> But um, <laughs> we said, oh, sure, yeah, come on out. Uh, uh, you know, what, what's your compensation requirements you're looking for? Now, I will tell you, the, in the BDSM world, in the kink world, in the poly world, the, there are some people that get some sort of a financial um, 
contribution mm-hmm. to for coming out and teaching and stuff. Now, many of us do it as a benefit to the community, as a passion because mm-hmm. we like doing it. Some of us do it because we like getting into events for free. Right. If which, if you're good at it, that's nothing bad with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person actually said, "Well, normally we get." you know, this much money. But because we love the polyamory community, we'd be willing to accept a mere $12,000 to come to your event and teach a class and speak. <clears throat> Which I understand in corporate land, perhaps that's uh, a reasonable fee. Perhaps that's even a good fee. If I have an event with 8,000 people, you know, maybe that's a doable sure. number. But um, We cap at 220. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wish that the person did not say, well, because... So-and-so author loves the polyamory community. He's willing to do it only for this much. What that tells me is so-and-so author, you don't know nothing about the polyamory community right? and the polyamory events. You've never, ever, ever been to one mm-hmm. because you would realize that you're just talking shit, you know, right. that you have no clue what an event like this can handle. As you can see, I'm a little attached to that. You are a little attached to that. I'm I'm a little surprised. But I just I, wish that they, they, okay. you know what? I don't care what you charge, and I'm glad he gets that kind of money right. for going to other. But you're not going to get it coming to the polyamory community, and because you you started off with this, oh, I love the polyamory community. You've made this this idea to emotionally connect with something that you absolutely have no clue about. Right. Find right. it rather annoying. I I totally get that. I know. I kind of fell down laughing. Oh, sorry, <laughs> but I did. No, you know, I... it's it's like oh my god, that's that's you don't even want to know how much more than our budget complete yeah. budget that is. Right. So yeah, yeah, we will find good good people. We do. We've got good oh, absolutely, people. and so we've we got people that actually have experience right. living polyamorously. Right. So, um, anyway. If you would like to tell us we're full of shit, you can do so, uh, but don't do it while you're doing this. Instead, tell us how wonderful we are when you rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, lick us on Facebook, or tell your friends tell about your the podcast. Friends. Indeed, indeed. So that's going to lead us into our interview with Bob Rubel on the culture of BDSM. Uh, I pretty much said everything I was going to say about it during the interview. I don't need any right. other lead into it anything else you want to say before we get into it it was it was great and um no like i said it was very eye-opening about how he differentiates a subculture from a culture and really explains what he's talking about so you know great conversation absolutely let's talk to dr bob So, Don, tonight on the podcast, we have Dr. Bob and Jen, and many of our listeners will know Dr. Bob's claim to fame as writing the forward to our book, Living MS. But my understanding is you may have done some other stuff as well. No, no, nothing is ever so important as that. that was right. And I will tell you that I have lived off of that for years. I tell and you, I, I go to and they say, who the hell? Oh, you wrote the four? Oh, my God, you wrote the four? We know Dan and Don. Yes. <laughs> it's been very successful, and I thank you for that opening. The funny thing is, the reality of the situation is Don and I are trying to write a uh, a book for power exchange couples, and you've already written everything. And it's like, oh, what's left to write? But fortunately, we found our own voice in it. But after reading some of the stuff that you've put together, it's like, well, everything's already been written. Well, I tell you what, I, I learn, I, I anchor my knowledge by writing. This is just, I, it's all, it's the, uh, the, it's all a spinoff of a learning disability. Uh, that's just <laughs> the way it is. I write in order to anchor my knowledge. That makes such perfect sense. I'm like, oh, I like that. And you know what? I've heard you say that before and it just really clicked. Yeah, so, well, nice. I've, I've had to do this ever since trying to get through college, which was a bit of a chore, too. But at any rate, stay on topic. I, I will, <laughs> not, will not get into the, the, uh, the trials and traumas of learning how in the world to learn things. Uh, if you're worried about staying on topic, you haven't listened to this podcast, but that's fine. We'll, we'll stick to it. Um, but actually, what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, we talked about this briefly beforehand, and uh, I honored you by saying, hey, shut up, Dr. Bob. we got to get this on recorded. Um, and, and and really, I, normally I would leave that to Jen. I'm sure she's better at telling you to shut up than I am, but that's oh, not... No. All right, enough of that, no. snaggingings. I'm getting everybody in trouble. Um, so what I really want to talk to you about is you had mentioned something about BDSM as a culture, and I thought, and I heard that, and I thought, well, that sounds like crap. What do you mean BDSM as a culture? To me, BDSM is is topping and bottoming. It's 
who's got the flogger in their hand, who's being flogged. It's activities that we do. And filling up the dance card with these activities. Right, and, right. Yeah. And it's what we do in the dungeon. But I don't connect that to a culture. So sure. fill me in on that, how you, why you would, what that tie-in is about. Okay. Well, I, I'm, a, I'm an educational sociologist by training. So my, my, my graduate field of study was crime prevention in urban schools. So I was in the education department, but my minor was in criminology. And I was very interested, I've always been interested in subcultures uh, and in normative behavior. So some groups of people behave a certain way and they have common elements. And so you sort of view them as a subculture. And I, I was, I understood that well enough. And I'd started to, and I'd written all of this material that has now become two books that have just come out. And one of the books is called um, BDSM Mastery Basics, Your Guide to Play, Parties, and Scene Protocols. And I have the honor of knowing uh, Slave David Stein, who was actually the right, person right. who came up with the term safe, sane, and consensual in the first place. And uh, Slave David's also the, uh, the editor of the book, Ask the Man Who Owns Him. And David and I go back a ways. And uh, he has his own publishing house, and I asked David if he'd be willing to uh, look at my book and consider doing some editing on it. And he took, uh, so I sent the book to him, and um, he took a look at it, and essentially he vomited. <laughs> and um, uh, I said, uh, what's up? And he said, well, you've got a couple of really serious issues going on here. One of them is your conceptualization of leather has no business being in a book on BDSM, and anyway, it's completely uh, mythical. The way you presented it is the heterosexual view of leather. It doesn't have anything to do with the reality, and went on and on and on. Okay. I said, he said, his other, the other point is that you're referring to BDSM as a subculture, and in fact, it is its own culture. And I said, say what? And he said, yeah, there's the, when you, if you were to take a vanilla person and drop them into a BDSM play party, they would be completely out, as lost as if you took an American and dropped them into a, um, just make an answer up here, uh, 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 some kind of French soiree. Um, so I said, so that started me thinking and I started trying to figure out, well, what is a culture? And just for the sake of our uh, podcast tonight, I went on the internet and I uh, typed in, you know, what in the world is a culture? And here's some of the answers. So this first answer comes from the, from the center for advanced research on language acquisition. And they say, from the point of view, for the purposes of the Intercultural Studies Project, culture is defined as shared patterns of behavior and interactions, cognitive constructs, that means you think of things in a certain way, okay. affective understanding, means you do things in a certain way, that are learned through a process of socialization. These shared patterns identify the members of a group while also distinguishing them from another group that we might call, for example, vanillas. <laughs> so you can go on to, an, then there was another quote from multicultural education that says, people within a culture usually interpret the meaning of symbols, artifacts, and behaviors in the same way or in similar ways as other peoples in the group. I said, well, that makes sense to me. I can understand that. And the third quote comes from culture learning, the fifth dimension of the language classroom. And it says, culture learned and shared human patterns or models for living that pervade all aspects of a group's social interaction. So you say to yourself, hmm, well, that sort of makes sense. Now let's tease it apart a little. Uh, so what are some of the elements that go into culture? So you say, well, how you dress. Okay, so you got leather dress, you got littles are a subculture within our culture, and they have a way of dressing. Furries have a way of dressing. The BDSM culture looks different than the leather culture when you go to a conference. Then you've got the fetish uh, look, and you've got the latex look. So hmm, you've got a whole bunch of dress patterns that are different than if you were to uh, report on Wall Street to an office. And that's usually the first question that's asked by new people is, what do I wear? Right. Because I know and, there's a difference. And because you have an answer, the very fact that there's an answer to that is, I would argue, 
an indication that you have a culture going on here that is different than, in my language, normative American society or Western civilization. You and that the next actually the next point after dress is you've got language and languaging, not just specialized meanings for words such as master or submissive, but specialized use of words. So if I were to say to the average vanilla in the street, you know, the uh, I was having sex the other night and the bottom was completely in subspace. Mm. They'd say, say what? <laughs> it makes it makes no sense. You can't translate that to a vanilla. Really, right. I, I got the words the was in. <laughs> so, you have language and language. Not only the words, but the way you use words is a part of our culture. Then you have specialized tools. So in the same way that you have, uh, let us say, a culture of woodworkers or a culture of physicians that have specialized tools, we have floggers, canes, e-stim. So if you were to talk to the average person and they say, hey, buddy, what do you do for sex? They say, sex. Well, we don't do a whole lot of fucking, but I can talk to you about fire play and e-stim. They'd say, what? Mm-hmm. Say, and and he said, you know, if you want to just add in a little more stimulation onto that, then of course we go to caning and flogging. They say, what? So, and then somewhere down there we add fucking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fucking is, is there, but you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's the, not the be all and end all. The accent right. is on a different syllable. Mm-hmm. All right. So now you go in and you say, well, cultures though, but cultures, you can't be a culture. I mean, you've got to have rituals to be at a culture. So, oh. Oh, well, okay, how about greeting rit- rituals? Can you imagine two masters or two doms coming together? Or what about a submissive meeting a, uh, a dom uh, in, at, a, at a play party? Are there going to be greeting rituals? Well, actually, yes, there are. How about rituals for giving an honor to someone? Mm-hmm. So if you were to go, uh, if somebody were to get become capped as a master, there ah, are... But no, 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 okay, now... First off, do you know how it's unfair to debate someone when they've actually done research and you just have some vague theory? But but finally, now wait a minute, let's not get in the BDSM culture. I've never seen anyone capped. I've no. seen plenty of times in the leather culture, but not in the BDSM culture. Uh, I don't think they they don't know what that is. I'm not sure that there's a dominant meeting in the BDS or greeting okay. in the BDSM culture. Let me give you this one. Do you wear a, do you wear a bar vest when you go to a BDSM meeting? I only do because I am part of that leather culture. Okay. Are there other people there with the bar vests? Yes. Mm-hmm. How does yours stand out? Uh, patches. Uh-huh. So you have more patches. You might have more pins? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Might these be rituals of giving honor to someone? Those are leather rituals, yes. But uh, the DSM community recognizes it. Um, Some, yes. Is someone going to come up to you and say, hey, Don... Are they going to come up to you and say, hi, Master Don? So there are speech rituals that go, Master Dan, I'm sorry. There are speech... <laughs> Can you cut that out by any chance? <laughs> no, I assumed you were getting me back for my earlier comment about, about Jen. Uh... No, I, I'm just uh, uh, totally oblivious. So, But they would say, instead of saying, hey, Dan, they would say, hey, Master Dan. And is a submissive going to come up and talk to you in a BDSM uh, event? Maybe, maybe not. It depends whether they know how many makes five. Chances are they're going to give you, there are going to be rituals that honor you for your seniority. I actually, this, um, one of the wonderful things about our relationship is that we disagree greatly. <laughs> this is one of those times where I, I, I think I'm more um, where you guys are coming from than I am where Bob is. I see, I feel a big difference from BDSM and leather. And it is in those types of rituals, in the greetings, in the recognition of others. Um, and and for me, I do see BDSM mostly as a sexual culture. I, I still will use the culture word, but mm-hmm. it, it's still, it seems to be more of the act, as you were saying, than as Bob is saying. Oh. Okay, that gives me another soapbox. Can I just <laughs> step aside and get up on the other little soapbox over here? I, I view personally, just personally, just so I don't get too many brickbats thrown at me, I view BDSM very differently than master-slave. I yes. view B, BDSM 
as a traditional boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, male dominant, female submissive relationship plus kinky sex. So I don't see much difference in the DS from a traditional 50s, traditional 50s household dominance and submission. I don't see my parents' behavior as much different than a DS behavior. The difference is the sex is kinky. That's very different from the world of master slavery where you have authority transfer and you're talking uh, about uh, the core values of service and obedience. So BDSM still has core values of love, but the sex is kinky. I, I agree with the, def the difference between uh, master-slave and BDSM. A, a good friend of ours, Slave Bess, uh, explains it that BDSM is how we play, master-slave is how we live. I got that. Well, I, I, I'm not going to argue that one in the least. I, I agree with that, in fact. But all I'm saying is what, where, we're, where we're, we digressed from the point of there are, there are lots of things that people that we meet at a BDSM munch or a BDSM party have in common. Our dress, we have commonalities of dress. We have commonalities of language. We have commonalities of the tools we use in our trade. We have certain rituals. We have norms of behavior. We expect people within our community uh, to live by their, to, to be on, honorable to their world. Word, we live by honor, integrity, loyalty, and trust. Hilt. So this, leather. which is a leather concept, but if you get a bad reputation in the BDSM community, uh, you're fucked. Yeah, and I'm not going to disagree with that. I, I agree with that, but honor is one that actually I had written a note about. So if in the leather community, if you found out that um, slave Frederick, and I'm just making that name up, if there's a real slave Frederick, I apologize. Um his his house burned down, right? Then the community, the fundraiser, there would be a bar event, there would be shots to help out good old slave yep. Frederick, to bring him, you know, to help him out in his time of need. That's what the, the leather culture is about. Mm -hmm. In my limited experience, I don't see that in the BDSM experience. The no. BDSM experience, to me, is more akin to swing land, where mm -hmm. when we are interacting with each other, we're sharing the same thing. When the dungeon door closes, we go back to our real lives. Yes, except. <laughs> yes, except. If you, in fact, are dishonorable and are known within your community for that, mm -hmm. if you, in fact, are an unloyal person, if, in fact, you are untrustworthy, your BDSM club will spit you out. That is true. That is true. And we that certainly we've we've seen, seen that it. happen around here. So... Here's something I guess I'm going to be pro-culture here is you've actually written a book that defines the culture to some extent. Your, your book, BDSM Mastery Protocols, Rich, tell me the full title of the book. Sure. Let's see. BDSM Mastery-Basics, and the second one in the series is BDSM Mastery-Relationships. So I'm trying to separate out DS from, from SM. So, so in, in BDSM Mastery Basics. It's your guide to play, parties, and scene protocols. And is that what defines that culture, what you're describing in the book? What I'm saying in the book is if you think that you're going to watch Fifty Shades of Grey, think that's a great idea, and then go out and uh, join a local BDSM club, you're going to have trouble. Yes, you, that's and, very true. There are things you need to know. And this book is essentially written from a sociologist's point of view. There's nothing in here about how to do SM. There are lots of great books on how to do SM. I didn't get, go near any of that. This is entirely a book on the culture of BDSM and how to survive safely. So what is it that puts that person, and, and we're right on the, the cusp of Fifty Shades, the movie coming out, right? What is it that... That, that person, they go see that movie, they say, wow, that feels like home. I want to be involved. I want to get going. And they go to a munch or whatever it is that distinct, that, that makes them part of the BDSM culture versus somebody walking by. Is it the point where you've made a commitment? Is it the point where you've expressed interest or something else? 
Well, my sense of that is that if you walk into a, a BDSM play party and your reaction is, oh, my God, I'm home at last, that puts you over in one camp. And if you walk in and you say, oh, my God. This isn't people, at all like the movie. <laughs> this, oh God, these people are hitting one another. I'm out of here. That puts you in another camp. So if, if this feels home to you, then welcome, be welcomed, but you're, you, you have a lot of risk going on right now if you're just stepping into the door for the first time. Let me give you a story. Let me tell you how these books started. A couple of years ago, in the, uh, two and a half years ago in the summer, uh, I got a phone call, believe it or not. And the phone call was from a, an attorney who was lieutenant in the Army saying that they've done a lot of research and they've decided that I'm the person that they want to talk to. And I said, go ahead. They said, we've got a rape case here where the man's defense is, no, he didn't rape her. They're in a master-slave structure. Uh, and this was well within uh, 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 the parameters of consent of the relationship. And not only that, the woman is married in an MS relationship. It's not rape. And the, the attorney said to me, is there any chance you can explain that to me? And so I explained it to her, and she said, you know, if this case goes anywhere, if this case continues, we're going to have to ask you, we're going to ask you uh, to write for us a, a book that would orient an adjudicating officer to what in the world the BDSM community is. And I said, but that's like writing a book. <laughs> and she said, well, we've got money for this, but that's what it's going to take. Well, the case didn't make. And that conversation took place in about July. And by November of a couple of years ago, I said, you know, no one's ever tried to write a book that explained the BDSM culture. And that's what I've done. Very neat. Very neat. And it's um, would have been really interesting had it gone to trial and, and yes. wrote to the uh, military manual of BDSM. That would be actually kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So that's the, so my, all of my point here is that we dress differently, we speak differently, we use different tools than majority society when we're doing sex. So it's the specialized tools during sex. I mean, for example, uh, if we have somebody over that wants to uh, have sex with us, we explain, you know, we do vibrators and we do toys and they decide whether or not they're coming over. So you can't object if... Uh, if you're having sex with Jen and I'm flogging her. I would not object. Uh, yes. <laughs> just saying. No, just please go on. <laughs> that puts you in the group, not out of the group. We have had people run screaming from the room. Well, even um, – and, and we're talking about bringing swingers in. So um, this, isn't this isn't as though we're bringing other people within the lifestyle. We're Correct. saying We're saying, oh, you want to come over and right. have a swing – event with us um we do things a little edgy here and we've had people um really uh, opposed to bruises even sure. uh, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps they haven't seen anything happen but they see the results of the things happening but again let's just take bruises within our culture ah. bruising is a good thing a, within the majority yeah. society bruising is a bad thing it's a badge of honor oh. amongst our... Oh, absolutely. And we get upset when our bodies don't allow us to bruise that well anymore. <laughs> I, I don't, but please go on. Yeah. So, but, you know, but that's another thing that's different. And I'm, I'm going to use the word culture in that we're usually, usually very upfront with what we're looking for. There's not a lot of, um, I'm going to say, playing chess with trying to finagle different things that Sure. you want you know and and we negotiate and you know it's it's just so i can see that very much as being part of a culture huh. right so there you go and the the last point on this is that the behaviors and beliefs of a group of people have them lumped together and tagged as a group by outsiders so you have the drug culture the right. youth culture and the bdsm culture so the normative society, just normal folks, if you were to go to a rotary meeting and you were to talk about people who did this, they would say, oh, well, that's a so-and-so culture. That's the BDSM kink people. That's not us. That's them. Hmm. 
And we do that within our culture. That's oh, yeah, not within us. our culture. That's them. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, those, <laughs> that's, that's not the leather people. That's not us. <laughs> now, is, so is that what would make the subcultures, is all our little pieces within yeah. the larger culture? Sure. Okay. I get that. So the furries and the... Yeah, they're, they're the subcultures of the culture. Yeah, because generally they have the point of view that they, they speak the same language. They have their own rituals. They have their own um, they have their own codes of conduct. Mm -hmm. uh, however, they all live within this larger uh, ball that the majority society uh, tries to sanction. Fair enough. All right, so you've got two converts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you've put together – so tell me a little bit real quickly about Kink Mastery, which I think is your website to try and bring together a bunch of things that you do because uh, you do a lot of stuff with the books and the webinars and the photography and all that jazz. Well, uh, uh, yeah, the I've, we've put together a website called kinkmastery.com, and in the past I've had – three or four or five other websites. I had a website as a presenter called Ruble Presents. I had a website as a kink photographer called Photos by Corwin. And there's a story about why it was Corwin. Um, and then uh, I had uh, power exchange books for the books. And finally, I found somebody locally here uh, who said, you know, I'd be glad to help you pull all of this together. And we said, Really? And he said, yeah, I, I, I do this. I'm pretty high end. I've been doing it forever. And right now I don't have a job and I'd have a lot of fun doing it. I said, really? And they said, sure. So I said, okay. And so Jonathan <laughs> has been pouring his heart into creating this website that integrates uh, the kink photography. And, uh, and what I'm trying to do, I, I like, I, what I like to do is bring information together so that others can access it. So I'm finding, for example, you guys and uh, who do blogs and uh, and you have these marvelous podcasts and I want to be able to link send people to you and you've got um, Luna KM who does this magnificent submissive guide mm -hmm. I've been a subscriber for four or five years and she's contributed in the past to, to Power Exchange books resource series and so forth so she's uh, I've, I'm going to link to her and and I'm looking for blogs that are competent. That I where I, we can send people that are starting out in our field or that actually already have experience but are interested in uh, in seeing what other people have to say about it. So I'm trying to make this website a nexus of information, a lot like the way a guy named Peter Masters in Australia has done. I'm I'm a real fan of uh, Peter's website. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But if you if you're, I, I'm a Peter Masters nut. So if you've read the Control <laughs> Book. Uh, um, this curious human phenomenon he wrote, Look Into My Eyes. Uh, he's got uh, books one, two, and three of BDSM relationships. He's got a book on how to do presentations. Uh, the guy's very clever. Uh, I like him a lot. And he's got a marvelous website. So I, that's it. I'll stop. Well, and we're <laughs> trying to um, bring in all aspects into this one site. So we're, we're going to talk about BDSM, and we're going to talk about master-slave, and we're going to talk about sexuality. And so hopefully, no matter what it is you're looking for, mm -hmm. we'll be able to direct you in, um, to other sites that support that interest. Well, also, in my view, it's the, the concept of open architecture as opposed to uh, um, uh, Apple or um, or uh, a PC, Microsoft. I, I would make aspects of this website available to people that were interested in having in being able to have a voice. It's the same reason that I was so uh, so supportive of you guys coming out with a book. I, I, I support people of our in our community having their own voice and having a way of expressing themselves and being heard. Well, we're definitely honored with that. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, we are certainly glad that you and Jen are part of our culture. Yes. Thank you. Well, I will tell you that you were there when I stepped into this world. Mm -hmm. uh, my very first conference, my I'm coming home moment was at GLLA. And you guys were there. And I took your class on, um, I want to say spirituality. Um, some, some kind of a spirituality class, and it um, 
that that whole weekend was life transforming and you were there at the beginning for me oh it is it is and you guys were also there during one of my meltdowns but that's a different story (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, no now i want to ask about that (laughs) did we cause the meltdown (laughs) that's okay (laughs) i went through five of them you just had one of them (laughs) I had to go through the other four on my own. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Bob, Jed, it's been a, a great pleasure talking to you tonight. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to discuss. I don't know that we truly debated. I think uh, we never stood a chance, but that's okay. Uh, but it was fun to talk and fun to get to know you guys a little bit better. We very much appreciate you being on the show tonight. You are so welcome. And I, it's really a, a treat that you invited us on. Thank you very, very much. by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with a party immediately following. You can also catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio, the fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at The Room in the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and the Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. I'm going to put that disco beat.